Welcome to the Conscious Christian Conversations podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Kyleen. We are two spunky Christians with diverse backgrounds and life experiences who want to encourage each other and you listening to challenge your subconscious beliefs. Each episode, the two of us will be having a conversation around a specific topic that we may or may not have different perspectives on. If you haven't already, please listen to episode one to learn what we are all about. Without further ado, here is today's episode. Welcome everyone to another episode of Conscious Christian Conversations with Tanya and Kyleen. Today we're continuing the conversation about the birth and early childhood of Jesus. So if you want to follow along today, we're talking about Matthew chapter one and two and Luke chapter two. So those are the primary uh, passages that we are going to be talking about. And this is really where we get the story of Jesus' birth and what happens uh, in, you know, his, his toddler years, essentially, which is kind of interesting because we don't actually have that much information about Jesus childhood, except mm-hmm. for these passages. Yep. I've always and wondered like, about that. Mm-hmm. Why, why don't we, was he just a kid being a kid, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah. I like there's, know. there's nothing to really report until he turns yeah. 12 or 13 and he was stayed in, in the, the temple, temple. and mm-hmm. freaked, freaked his mom out. And <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I mean, and all of that happens like right in this early phase, like it goes from like when he was born to like, boom, he's in the temple, right? Like there's no, yeah, there's no real in between. So I don't know why they chose to leave that out. Maybe they're just like, Hey, like it's not, it wasn't part of his ministry. Um, there, you know, when you're, when you're writing something, especially from like a historical perspective or a spiritual perspective, there's probably a sense of, I'm only going to include what's important for the outcome. right? Right. Um, and maybe those years were, you know, him getting in tune with the the spirit and really kind of figuring out, you know, oh, like understanding his human side mixed with the God side and what it's like right. to be a human and kind of experiencing right. human things. And like, we don't really need to know that because we are human. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. We get that part. <laughs> we get that part. And like, okay, now it's like when he's an adult, he really talks about, you know, the spiritual side of it, which we don't really have a grasp of, you know? Right. Yep. So I don't know. I don't really know. So Luke chapter two, I think is probably one of the most famous passages in all of the Bible. The Christmas Uh, story. Right. Like the Charlie Brown, um, (laughs) you know, reading of the Christmas story. Everybody knows that. And it's made its way even into the secular world because of that, which I think is just absolutely fascinating. Um, But yeah, so Luke chapter two is really the, uh, the process of an, and description of Jesus birth. And so we have, um, you know, the census being, um, declared, like everybody has to go and be accounted for. And so they have to go to, is it, is it their like birth town or like where they're from mm-hmm. or whatever. And, yep. and so, so they end up going to Bethlehem and, uh, you know, the famous, they knock on the door, there's no room in the end type of thing. So they get put in a barn and there's so much, and I didn't take time to do all the research here, but, um, there's so much, symbolism in where Jesus was born even, um, and like what a manger represented and what he represents as, as the sacrifice, as the lamb, as the gift Mm -hmm. to the world. Um, it just is it coming just even the idea of, you know, this King being born in a lowly place. I mean, there's so many layers to it that unfortunately, um, I did not, you know, really kind of dig into for the, for this purpose. But if you ever, you know, are interested in that, go look into it. Cause it's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's know, very it's fascinating, super fascinating. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just imagine like, like put yourself in Mary's shoes for a minute, right? Like you just traveled to another, I'll say a state, right? If you live like in the United States, you just traveled on 
Yeah, date pregnant. <laughs> On the back of a donkey ready to give birth. Like, oh. Yeah, nine months pre- pregnant. You go from like Ohio to Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right? And then you get there and they're like, no, we're nope. too full. Now, you have to lay on the grass in the. <laughs> it doesn't really go into why. Now, you can make assumptions like, okay, well, everybody's coming to this small town that's not prepared. It's like, you know, when when some someone, uh, a country holds the Olympics, like they take years right. and years to prepare for that. So you could just argue, oh, it's um, it's just there's so many people. And honestly, it was really full. And like, they didn't really know. But you could also argue that Mary, maybe there was a stigma that like, okay, we recognize there's some sort of visual recognition that they are not married and she's this pregnant woman who um you know is with this man and you know as a culture that would be like really frowned upon right Mm -hmm. so I don't know how much that played into it as well you never know because it's it's not really clear all we really know is that they were told that there was not a comfortable place to say and at the same time they had enough compassion to say but but let's at least give them shelter. Like we care enough to like, you know, let's maybe give you some towels. Let's give you like a little bit of a, a space that you can be, you, you know, have some privacy. Yeah. And so yeah. they, they put them in the stable at that point. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I found it fascinating that um, Matthew centered on Joseph's experience and his actions um, around Jesus's birth and, and, um, and all that. Uh, And Luke centered on Mary and her experiences. And then, of course, on Jesus and John's birth, as we talked about last week. But I found it very interesting that, you know, thinking about, okay, who they were and how they wrote the the Gospels. Matthew was actually a an apostle and so or one of the 12 disciples. And so he would have had access to talk to Joseph. Um, I would guess maybe maybe Joseph was not around at the time. but he would have, he would have, it seems to me like he wouldn't have necessarily, since he wasn't interviewing eyewitnesses, he was just getting the stories that he would have better known the story of the man's side because, you know, men talk to men and unless you were married to the woman or they were direct family, you didn't really interact with the women too much with, you know, meaningful conversations. At least that's the impression that I get from their culture. And so he would have had Joseph's, you know, understanding of what had happened and be able to write it from his perspective. Whereas Luke, who made a point of going and talking to the eyewitnesses and, you know, understanding what they saw and heard for his account, um, and he would have gotten to sit down directly with Mary and and get her experience. So I think it's really cool that we're provided both sides um, of of the the virgin birth, you know, the the male side and the female side. Mm. Such an interesting thought, isn't it? When when people look at the Bible and go, "Oh, it's so demeaning towards women." I think it, and the more I learn about context and culture, the more mm-hmm. I see the exact opposite that it's incredibly right. equalizing and incredibly yes. incredibly empowering to women. Very, very much um, so, and values them just as much, which is really yep. important. I think to just kind of note there, you know, with that, yep, that's, yep. that's a really good observation. I wasn't even thinking about that between the two. Yeah. Perspectives. So, uh, uh, they have the birth. The first people that hear about it are the shepherds, which is like, mm. which is I like another that. huge thing, right? Like, well, yeah, he's our great shepherd and we're his sheep, right? Like there's <laughs> the symbolism there. Yeah. There's also, again, starting with the low lowly right like they're important but they're not like these rich it's not a king it's not the you know mayor of the town it's not they go to shepherds yeah the angels go to shepherds first 
And well, my they, understanding is that, you know, beyond being like servants or slaves or whatever, like the shepherds were kind of the lowest of below. Like you didn't get much more basic from a lifestyle living standpoint than you did the shepherds. Mm-hmm. So it's totally in keeping with Jesus that mm-hmm. that is who is going to hear about it first. Like mm-hmm. the lowest of the low, the I won't call it the dregs of society, but essentially like, you know. And they were the ones that were the first to start spreading the word of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. (laughs) They they get to see angels, which is like crazy. And they were, they they were afraid. The point is made that they were afraid, which like, who wouldn't be? (laughs) Right. Yeah, I know. Just like hanging out with your sheep, sleeping on the hill. And all of a sudden these angels come. A host of angels. A A host host of angels. That's true. A A heavenly host. (laughs) What does that even mean? It's like a hundred angels. I don't even know, but that would be scary. Like, to be honest, even if they look friendly. Like, yeah. What is happening? Like, is this a UFO? Like, honestly, okay. I know. I was thinking about that. It's like alien invasion. Yeah. I mean, that's what it would have felt like, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, think about how scary that would be today with technology and like back in the day when they don't, it just, it yeah. would have felt shocking. It would have yeah. felt absolutely shocking. So you have these shepherds, these lo- low in society people are the first to see this incredibly spiritual magical thing of like this mm-hmm. host of angels in the sky, which is like cool. And in and of itself, like what yeah. life experience, number one, never beat that. Right. Right. I know for sure. <laughs> then the reason the angels are there is to tell them about this Messiah that they're waiting for. And they believe it. And they go and they worship this baby in a manger yeah. where animals eat. And like what? And because, then they go- okay. So think about though, like how smart, how smart yes i'm giving god kudos for being smart but no but like if you were to have sent sent somebody to you know the uppity ups they're not going to debase themselves and go into a baby in a manger like how gross and like they'd get poop on their shoe you know they're well i don't know the wise men are coming but we assume that they don't end up in the manger but i feel like they would have if if the timing was right but, well but yeah. that yeah, so, yeah if, I hear you, if I hear it you. wasn't two years later for them to travel yeah. all that way but um yeah. So, I mean, you're right. It's like, okay, so they go in, they worship this baby. Like they just got the news. Like, I feel like just, this is like shock after shock after shock. Like, I know, but then wait, they get what? so excited. You they know, get so excited. Like, yeah. Yeah. So then they go out and spread the word, which is yep. like, they're the first people to do that ever in history. And then, okay. Jesus. So why are all of these shepherds being super excited? I want to go see what what's happening, right? Like it's going to pique their interest rather than yeah. the grumbling of the old men who's like, uh, into mm-hmm. some manger, I'm going to some smelly manger. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So then um, let's see. So verse 25 is talking about um, Simeon in uh, he was righteous and devout waiting, uh, waiting for the consolation of Israel. They went to the temple to circumcise Jesus, which is typically like on day eight, I believe. And so right. So okay. So Jesus is born, the shepherds, um, the angels appear, the shepherds go. And then Mary and Joseph are following the Jewish laws. They go to take take Jesus to the temple to get circumcised. Simeon is there, this this righteous man who essentially uh, it has been, you know, praying to see the promised one and all this kind of stuff. He recognizes Jesus as the Christ he was promised he would see before he died, and he immediately praises God. Hmm. And the thing that I to note here as well is that. Um, the Holy Spirit was upon him yep. too. It's very, it's noted that the Holy yep. Spirit was upon him too. So I just all those 
all the Holy all those Spirit's references is very interesting. yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. especially after 400 years of nothing and then all of a sudden he's everywhere <laughs> hello um Verse 33 of Luke chapter two says Joseph and his mother, Mary, meaning Joseph and Mary were amazed at the things which were spoken about him. So Simeon goes off and like goes into a short prophecy about who Jesus is and um, praising God that he has kept his promise to Simeon that he will see the Christ basically. And he's acknowledging that that's who Jesus is. And then, so Joseph and Mary are amazed at this, like maybe like, what's that word mean? Like just like in awe, maybe in awe is like a, a way to think about it because like, you can't be shocked about it. Like you, you've right. already had like shepherds. You already had like this virgin birth. Like you can't be super shocked about what he's saying, yeah. but maybe just in awe of like how God's working with everybody and how the Holy spirit is appearing everywhere. And like, well, and I would also assume, you know, that that's gotta be validating to Mary because you think about all of the stigma and everything that she would have had to deal with, with, you know, not being married when she got pregnant and, and sure. all of that stuff, like just to see this reaffirmation over and over and over again. Cause you know, like we see something as humans and then that's amazing. But then we slide back into, Oh, doubts and, you know, shoot, I'm, you know, ostracized. And then all of a sudden something else is miraculous, you know? So I feel like this also mm -hmm. is probably to help support Mary through this. I, I would have assumed that this would be kind of a difficult time for her. <clears throat> yeah. Well, to that point, uh, Simeon then specifically addresses Mary and listen to what he says, because mm -hmm. I, I feel like, I feel like you'd be put on the floor with this, to be honest. You know what yeah. I mean? Like uh -huh. as a mother who just went through all of this and then yes. you hear this would just be like, so, so overwhelming. So he goes, listen, this child is destined to cause the fall and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign which will be spoken against. So the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. I know. No, thanks. Can I, is it too late to pass on this right now? That's intense. Yeah. yeah. Mary must have been like so strong, honestly. Yeah. Like she must have so much emotional fortitude yep, to be the person chosen to go through all of this. But, but also think about the mercy that, that God showed on her by letting her know, you know, this is not a normal child. Like you are going to have to give him up and kind of preparing him even at his birth, preparing her to be able to, to let him go. You know what I mean? So that it's not like this horrible shocker. It's like she's prepared for what's going to happen at some point, uh, which I think, well, I don't know if it makes it any easier or not, but um, I've, I've spoken to women who have lost their children and one of them in particular, she was praying over her child when he was born and she knew that she only had about seven or eight years with him and that God was going to take him back. Like she was told that. So she just loved him and understood like he was going to go back to God in eight years. So she only had him for a very short time. And she, she said that while it didn't make the loss any easier, it was definitely it, it in a way it was easier, right? Because she understood like, there's a limit to my time with him here on earth. I'll get to see him after he's gone. But, you know, so she was prepared for that loss. 
So I feel like that, I, I always think of that story when I think of Mary and what, you know, this prophecy and, and some of the things that she was told about. And I, I just feel like that was just God kind of preparing her and, and letting her know way at the very beginning, like he's not really yours, he's mankind's and you're going to have to give him up, you know? I feel like that'd be so hard. Oh my gosh, yeah. that'd be so hard. And then to like, uh, like the the personal doubt that comes in as a parent, just being a parent, but then knowing that like, like, how do I balance this? Yeah. This is different. This isn't normal. Like right. what, what is my responsibility no, here? No one else who understands. Like, right. No one else has gone through no this. No one can give me own. parenting advice here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. Okay. So then, um, okay. So they have the circumcision in the temple. They have this prophecy and then they go back to Nazareth. And then basically in Luke, it skips right to Jesus um, being in the temple and um it it makes a note that um he uh he was listening and asking questions mm -hmm. and okay, all so we're now pregnant, now we're in his teenage years yeah he's like 12 yeah. or so yeah um he was they they went for passover is that right they went to i think so yeah mm -hmm. they went they went to so this is just it skips right to when he was like 12 ish um and they go they go to the passover as a family and um Jesus is in the temple and he's listening and asking questions and all who heard him were astonished. And there's a couple things here. Jesus mode throughout his ministry, the way he interacted with people was a lot of listening and a lot of asking questions. Mm -hmm. And here you see, he started doing that when he was 12. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I love that because when, uh, growing up, like I was taught when we're when we're evangelizing, when we're telling people about God, like we're telling them, we're talking at them. And it's only been recently in the church that I'm at. And I'm like, how, because that never felt right to me. You know, I don't want to force what I believe on somebody else because you have to come to him on your own. Like Jesus didn't force people. And I, certainly it's not my job to force people. And, um, and that was the one thing that my pastor told me was, you just ask questions and you'd be interested in their life and their beliefs and just talk to them and listen. And, you know, that's exactly what you see Jesus doing. Like he never told anybody. Well, I guess he told us some stuff, but you know, like he was very, like you're saying, he was very much asking questions and just listening. And, and that's actually and like, if, if you go Spirit into like, uh, it's, it's actually like a, a therapeutic model. Yeah when you're coaching people or when you're doing therapy and stuff, a lot of times it's like asking questions because what that does is it allows the person to come to the conclusion themselves. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Instead of the the automatic, like walls that go up when someone starts to talk at you or tell you what you should think that like, nobody likes, nobody likes that. Nobody wants to be told how to think or what to think or whatever. So mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, little di digression there, but yeah. Well, and then you got it. You, you have to think here too, in this passage that he's got to be, um, expressing some really high understanding and yeah. intelligence for them because to be all so these amazed. people, all these men that do this every Sabbath or whatever, um, are going, everyone who heard him were astonished. So yeah. like the fact that he's so young approaching things with this level of understanding, that must've been really impressive. Yeah. That must well, have and, really and he didn't have, he didn't have the priestly training, right? He wasn't of the tribe of Levi. So he would not have had training. And my, I always figured, you know, he just had God's direct word, like he knew it. And so they would have been astonished at how much he knew and had zero 
education essentially well I don't know if he had zero I'm sure he had some there was but... like a, a level of understanding probably because of who he was but then exactly. on the human aspect there was still he he still had to learn things right as a human and so I think for us it's hard to understand like how much came from one side versus the other because he was fully human and so he did have to learn things but then there was probably a deep deep understanding beyond what we as humans could understand because he was yeah. also God right and so yeah. that's probably what they were seeing here and was like wow I've never experienced that before right because they probably didn't have that deep level of understanding even though right. they had been the ones that were studying it right? well he he had the Holy Spirit talking to him right mm -hmm. well would he have at this point though because he gets the Holy Spirit when he's baptized. oh right right when he's baptized yeah mm-hmm but I would assume, I don't know. I've, I've always wondered like at what point, you know, the Holy spirit is going to be heavy around him, even if he's not like in him, but well, and John had and it from birth. that really John had it from birth. Jesus gets it. Uh, but Jesus is different than John. John is fully human. True. Jesus is a hundred percent God at the time of birth. And so there's yeah. an aspect that maybe we don't I understand about it. that. We're yeah. like, we as humans, like it's different for us when we have the Holy spirit that's like a, a big spiritual thing. Jesus had a spiritual thing because of who he was. And yeah, then he got point. the Holy he Spirit later. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I like, it's maybe more. The Holy Spirit would be him anyway, he, right? Right. Like... I know. It's very confusing. I don't know that we can answer that, but it's like, maybe at that point, it was the the total wholeness, the completeness, the, yeah. the finalization, like the Trinity coming into one type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Okay. So then he's in the temple. So then this is like kind of a funny story that happens like right after this. So they yeah. leave the Passover, right? All of his family, like, but I, it must have been like a big group of them, like maybe family members, aunts, uncles, cousins. I mm -hmm. don't know. They were traveling in a group because they didn't know that Jesus wasn't with them. Yeah. So they leave like, and they come maybe. back. Yeah. They, they basically like travel for a day. I don't know. They're like setting up camp or whatever. And then they're like, oh wait, Jesus isn't here. Where's Jesus? Tell and him then to they come. Go it's back. dinner time. Right. And then they go back. And they find him in the temple, right? And then Jesus says, how is it that you searched for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? After his mom kind of chastises him and goes, you know, hey, why have you dealt with us like this? Look, your father and I have anxiously searched for you. Like, Jesus, you're giving your dad and I anxiety. Why did you do this? Why did you do this? And then he goes, "Um, mom, you know why I'm here. Uh, but I'm just kind of like, okay. Like, this is such an interesting from a parenting perspective. Yes. Such an interesting perspective because it's like, dude, you're 12. Okay. I know you're God, <laughs> but you also know that I'm your mom. And you also knew that we were leaving today. And you also knew that I would feel anxiety about this. Okay. So why did you share? <laughs> okay. I know you're God, but I'm your mother. <laughs> he's, like, he's all like, mom, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But also, like, Jesus, couldn't you have, like, pre-communicated? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I Could don't you know. Please, like, like, I always wondered about that from, like, a, okay, Jesus never sinned, but then yes, this yes. happened, and right. that's not really honoring your mother, but I guess it would technically be honoring your father. Does that trump? Well, I think that might know. go into, like, what, you know, how you would necessarily define that, but um, it, like, culturally, maybe even, right, that would be different than maybe, like, from the eternal perspective. Yeah. But... That also goes into like, oh, like 10 different things of like defining what a sin is. But, um, but yeah, from the idea that, you know, Jesus is some is never sinned, but then also she's worried, but she's not really like, she's kind of asking him. She's like, why did you do this? She's not yeah. like, I don't know that he's necessarily like quote unquote in trouble. 
Yeah. You know, because then- I, I would just imagine like the yelling that happens when you're freaked out. And then finally, like, you know that your kid's safe. And then that freak out turns into like that anger, but you're not really mad at them. It's the relief that you're feeling. Oh, you're so like, relieved. Yeah. Like yeah, we that's... thought what, what the heck just happened? And then yeah. here we're finding you. You're just sitting here preaching the temple or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the, that's what I imagine her doing. And then he's just yeah. like, chill out, mom. I'm doing my father's business. God. <laughs> I hope it wasn't with like teenage angst or anything like that, but I don't think, I don't think no it Napoleon would be. dynamite with him. No, <laughs> I don't, I feel like that's not the vibe. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, uh, but who knows? Um, but then what's interesting is, okay. So he says that he's like, don't you know that I'm about my father's business? He's kind of challenging, um, parental authority there, which is a very interesting concept from a parenting level and a spiritual level. But then he goes, but they, but but they did not understand the word which he spoke to them. So Mary has all of this information, the, the prophecies that we just heard. It's he was it was a virgin birth. She knows who he is. She comes, she says, you, you're causing us anxiety by doing this because we were worried about you in your life. Like you were missing for a day. And then he goes, but don't, you know, like, this is my purpose. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm about God's business. Mm -hmm. And they did not understand what he said. That's very interesting to me with all of the information that they had about who he was that didn't resonate with her well but you got to think that this is 12 years later right and jesus is just her son and they're living their life and they've got the family and mm -hmm. i would assume that that just kind of went out her mind and he's just another one of her sons so she's going to deal with him the way that she deals with everybody else and maybe it's uh one of the first times that this kind of comes right. back up again in her life exactly that's what that's what i'm thinking Mm -hmm. uh, and I could see how that would be, you know, kind of easy to forget who he is, especially if he's just a, another little boy, you know, just the next verse is also really interesting, kind of relating to everything we just talked about. Then he went down with them. So he leaves with them at that point, came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. So was he disobedient before? Like, I don't know. Like, what uh, does that imply? Okay. But anyway, he was obedient to them. But his mother kept all these words in her heart. So get, okay, so she she really, this sign something that like, it's kind of like referred to as Mary is that she treasures things up in her hearts and she keeps these things. So she really, she's like a reflector. She's introspective. Yes. She takes, she listens and then she sort of takes time to absorb, I think. Well, and that might've been, you know, he, he made this comment as a way to remind her. I mean, I don't know. This was my thought is that it, yeah. he makes this comment. She doesn't really understand at the time, but then as she goes back and she's like, Oh yeah. Oh, Jesus is Jesus. Like that's right. He does have something other than the rest of my sons who are, and, you know, and here we go. Age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. So then the last verse in chapter Luke chapter two is, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. So that's really interesting yep. because it's like, okay, so then culture around him is kind of as he's aging, really respecting him and valuing him and um, oh you can't can't you imagine like if you had a perfect person a perfect person you know what I mean and like who wouldn't want to be friends with that guy he's thoughtful and loving and he'll be there to do anything that you want you know he's yeah. like a servant at heart I could imagine people well, like would love being around Jesus yeah it's like the if you think about energy and frequencies and stuff like that like have you ever been around somebody that just generates a certain sort of energy mm -hmm. that you want to be around and, and yeah. there's like wisdom that comes from them and there's yeah. like an, an aura sort of, yes. of love and kindness yeah I can imagine that that's 
one of the things that really attracted people to follow him. And it's like, you come into his presence and you can physically feel that. Yeah. It's like a physical sensation of safety almost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always wondered what it would be like to have that physical manifestation of God on earth. And if he just put out exactly that, like the aura or whatever you want to call it of just like, uh, I would just assume he would just be so magnetic and, you know, people would just flock to him and just want to be around him. And I think so. And I think there's a polarity to it though, because as you see, as he gets older, it's one of those people either loved him or they hated him. Yeah, true. But and then so he was calling people out on their crap and people don't right. like to be called out. And then right. suddenly yeah. that loving person turns into, oh, well, he's just so judgmental. And, you know, like then you can, you, you twist that love because you don't like what you're hearing from it. So then mm -hmm. you have to put that fault back on the other person, not, not on us. Like we tend to do that. It, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the end of chapter Luke chapter one and two. There was a lot in there, which is really, really interesting. And then you have Matthew chapter one and Matthew chapter two. And so Matthew chapter one kind of goes into the genealogy and then it goes into the birth of Christ. And so you were saying was that Matthew chapter one, starting at verse 18 is more from Joseph's perspective. Right. And like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And him being awakened from sleep. Um, basically the angel came to Joseph in, mm -hmm. in this and, um, it sounds like he came to him in a dream, which is really interesting in this instance. And mm -hmm. then he wakes up and is like, okay, processing all of this. Right. 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 Um, and, uh, and he sticks with her. And okay. I think, you know, Mary is given so much credit in the religious and cultural community in society. And Joseph really like he's mentioned, but he's not really viewed the same way as Mary because she mm -hmm. gave birth to Jesus and she was a virgin. This was a really hard thing for her and all this kind of stuff. But let's give credit to oh, Joseph. For sure. Like this is, can you imagine in that, like he seems like a really decent guy, like somebody yeah. that like legitimately loved Mary. And then to just accept that she's going to be magically pregnant and it's yeah. like, are you kidding me? And it's not yours. And I have to accept this. And not only do I have to accept it, I have to believe that it's like a God thing. Not that yeah. she went out and cheated on me. Like, right. I know. Weird. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but that he, it's, God picked the perfect couple, right? But he like, was so kind that even yeah. when he didn't believe that it was a God thing, he did not want to destroy her societally. Mm -hmm. So you have like, think about the kind of person that that takes. Like he, at that point was thinking, okay, like you're pregnant with somebody else's kid. Right. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, but I, I, I really love you. I, I don't want to like destroy your life. So I'm just going to like put you away quietly so that like, maybe we can both live our lives. Right. And, but separately. And, and, and what she's talking about here is Matthew chapter one, verse 19, then Joseph, her husband being just a man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So yeah, like yeah. he didn't even get notification that this was happening until after he found out like she was pregnant and yeah, I mean, yeah. he had to have thought that she was, that she cheated on him with somebody, you know, yeah. until the, the angel came. And then the fact that he believed the angel is amazing. Mind blowing. Uh, and then and, he just must testament. really have cared for her. Like, yeah. honestly, like he didn't want, his thought was not willing to make her a public example. Not mm -hmm. that, oh, she was unfaithful to me or whatever, but just like- I'm sure I, he was having some of that too, but at the same oh, time, well, like- yeah. But that, that's, I think what makes it so amazing is like the hurt is there yeah. until he has this dream, right? He's in a lot of pain, probably right. a lot of embarrassment. Yeah. 
he and Mary, who knows he and Mary might have had a fight about it like you, you know I don't know um and then he has this dream and it's a dream I know he could have woken up and been like that's not real yeah yeah it's that's what dream. I mean like his his belief is just a testament to him as well that oh I yeah. recognize that that was yeah, I, I agree. I think it's amazing. And I love that. Um, I love that Matthew gives us Joseph's yeah. perspective and gets, we get to hear a little bit about his, his side. So Luke goes kind of more into detail about the whole process, the shepherds, the, you know, all this kind of stuff. Matthew's basically like, she was found pregnant. Joseph was going to divorce her. Joseph had a dream. He stuck with her. And then it goes right to, um, then Joseph being awakened from sleep, does the angel of the Lord had commanded him and remained with his wife and did not know her until she had given birth to her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. So it's just kind of like, boop, there we go. Yeah. Jesus is born. Like there's no details. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and that's, and that's one of the things that this textbook that I was reading, um, actually kind of goes into Matthew will, Matthew was very succinct. He mm -hmm. would like, um, there was a, I don't remember what um, story it was, but there was a story in both Matthew and Mark. Matthew used like 139 words and Mark used like 360 some words. So they're just pointing out like Matthew yeah. was very like to the point. Here's what mm -hmm. you got to know. Matthew had ADD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we go with he the chosen's version, he was very like to the point and Matthew yeah. was like, I'm going to hit the highlights. Okay. <laughs> you need to know what you need to know. And sure. I don't want to wear my hand out writing. Yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> okay. But then he goes into a story that's not included elsewhere. And that is the visit of the wise men, which mm -hmm. is like, you know, it's so fascinating because like we, when you get, when you're familiar with the story, right, you put all these pieces together. And then when you're doing what we're doing, reading them, you're, you recognize actually they're pieces from different gospels that when you put linearly, you're like, oh, okay, this is the progression. Exactly. Um, Okay, so then we have a wise man, which is so fascinating to me because we've talked about this in other episodes. People just want to totally demonize astrology, but I'm sorry, it was astrology that led people to Jesus. Yeah, so it's totally um, true. You know, and also there is a um, there is a book out there about this, and I don't know what it's called, but there is astrology that actually points to Christ. Meaning, you know how we are uh, currently we Christians are like anti-astrology and they go, well, it's um, based on Taurus and Gemini and all these. And I can't remember what that's based on like Roman mythology or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> there's actually before that, there was all of this astrology that pointed towards Christ. And there's a whole book about it, about the constellations that walk through the the birth of Christ and the death of Christ and all this kind of stuff that hmm. is also in the stars. And we just, as a society, go figure, um, have, have gone away from that. that. Yeah. But that used to be a thing is that it was his whole, so his, his life was predicted in the stars. So my assumption is going to be that these wise men were using that. And so that they had this prophecy, this prediction, they saw it prophesied in the stars. And then also they had the star that pointed them to Bethlehem. Well, and, and another uh, interesting piece of the wise men history that I never knew about <clears throat> was that these wise men were actually the people that would, in, in the countries that they came from, they are the people that would essentially approve the, the next ruler. And so the fact, oh, you know, that speaks to the fact that like they were coming because Jesus was supposed to be. That, that king right yeah and so they made this two-year trek like it took them 
two years to go from where they were coming from to, I mean, that's dedication. Well, I will say, let's put a little asterisk on that because the two year thing, I believe is an assumption that we make based on the information that we have, but I don't think it's ever specifically referenced in the Bible. The It's not referenced in the Bible, but like most people think of the wise men gathering around Jesus in the manger. And that's actually not how it happened. It would have at least. Well, because they reference in verse 11 of Matthew chapter two, they refer to Jesus as a young child. Right. So they take that and they also take a, a, like some other pieces and they, there's like an estimation that maybe right. it was about a two year track. Yeah. But, right. um, but we did just to be accurate. We don't a hundred percent know the time. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, we don't. Um, but it's thought to be between 18 months and two years. Um, and that he, they were coming to kind of check him out and then, and then to offer the gifts because, you know, when they approved of, you know, this person as the next king, like they would bring gifts and that was their, essentially their anointing of, and recognition. And so these were not Jews. These were people from like the far East recognizing mm-hmm. this child as mm-hmm. like a legit king. Sovereign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really so. good point. So also here, so I'm thinking, okay, so in the rest of this chapter, it's talking about Herod. So I, I'm kind of going back to my notes from one of our last episode where we, we go, okay, um, Matthew is writing to the Jews. And mm-hmm. so the history of the rulers and the, the, which essentially like the Jewish people felt very oppressed by like the Roman rulers and by mm-hmm. these Kings and by these people that were appointed over them and all this kind of stuff. So Matthew is actually taking this position of talking about Herod and all this kind of stuff that is not referenced in the other gospel. And so I think that's actually an interesting point to know, okay, he's writing to the Jews. Well, Luke, but he spends a little bit less time on the actual birth process and the shepherds and all this right. kind of stuff. But then he also, to your point is saying, Hey, but the, the wise men came so jewish people who are looking for this king this you know he's been recognized as that so when you are looking for the messiah just so you know like this is an important point in the story communicating to jews about who this baby is but then also they are going to be very concerned about the political climate and so he includes all of these political details which is very interesting but luke writing to the gentiles or converted christians um you know they may not be you know as antagonized by the same political climate as the Jews would be. And so they, it spends a little bit more time on like who Jesus is and how he was born. And so just kind of an interesting difference. We, again, when you're thinking about who, who are they actually writing to and what points they include because of that? Well, and one of the the points that Matthew has um, throughout his book, like he is really interested in kind of reporting the facts as how Jesus fulfills prophecy. So there's like a bunch of different prophecies that Matthew is very specific to point out that Jesus fulfills. And so this would, I don't know if this was an actual prophecy or not, but again, like you said, like the fact that they were recognized, that he was recognized by these kingmakers is um, another way Mm -hmm. of what they were called. Um, Like that's going to support Jesus's legitimacy. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, Mm -hmm. and then the genealogy that he goes through while it's extremely boring for us to read, like this was super key to Jews because they wanted to know like what tribe did they come from the the messiah right. was supposed to come from the tribe of 
uh, or from the line of David. And so it was extremely important that that be included so that they see, okay, here's another piece of that legitimacy of Mm -hmm. he comes from the line of David that fulfills Mm -hmm. this prophecy. Lining everything up. Yeah. 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 As a, like, because they're looking for something very, very specific. And that actually comes back later in Jesus ministry where everybody's pushing back and being like, you can't be this because this is what we're looking for. And here they're setting it up in the gospels of no, it's different than what you would expect. Yeah but he's fulfilling all of these things. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. Okay. So the rest of chapter two basically is okay. So the visit of the wise men, they give him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I mean, just think about this. They're probably living in like a normal, you know, lower middle, middle class, like home. You know what I mean? Like a carpenter's house or whatever at this point, Jesus is a little baby and you have these incredibly wealthy, like you were saying, kingmakers come offer these extremely um, valuable valuable gifts worshiping a baby he's still very young at this point whether he's two or three or whatever like crazy just absolutely crazy okay so then that but and the fact that they would would walk like a year or two years to get to him too like that just blows my mind like the dedication there that Mm -hmm. and it's interestingly like there is um at least one historical like ancient text that references the trek of and I think it's from, I think it's from China or like a, a Chinese, like an ancient Chinese manuscript that references this trek to the king that was in Jerusalem. Or oh, that's Bethlehem. interesting because there's yeah. actually um, references in old Chinese texts specifically about particular moments when um, Jesus died. Yes, exactly. And it's very, the very, on the earth and very stuff. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I'll have to see if I can find that because it was really, maybe we can play it on one of our episodes when we get yeah, there. Yeah. Um, okay, so the rest of the time, what happens in the rest of chapter two is the interaction with the King Herod. And so basically the wise men come to King Herod and are like, hey, we've heard that this king is born. Herod gets all up in arms, well, secretly up in arms. He's mm-hmm. like internally threatened by this. Externally, he goes, oh, that's great. Like, keep me posted, go worship him and then come back and tell me where he is. Because inside so he's like, I'm going to kill, kill him. him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes, so I can worship him. And then inside he's like, yeah, right. That's not what's going to happen. Okay. So then again, how God and angels and the Holy Spirit were involved in like every step of the process, making kind of orchestrating things so they worked out a certain way the wise men were like okay cool yeah we'll do that but then they were warned in a dream Mm -hmm. that that's not what they should do and so they changed the trajectory to go home Herod somehow finds out about this freaks out and parallels what happens in the old testament um Mm -hmm. with Moses, Moses a leader of God's people at the time and Herod then kills all of the babies and then another reason we think is because I, I believe doesn't it say he kills all the babies under two years of age yep. so I think it, it the whole process took some time so that's another indication that we have that Jesus was around two years old by the time um but he could have been a little younger right because if it was a, a, a bit of a travel it could have been a little bit younger and then it took some time for Herod to figure out they're not coming back right. and so he, he covered his bases saying any any child that's under two because I think that'll cover you know uh, the, the, the timeline that they were communicating to me and when they visited me and when they should have met him and when they should have been back. And so this will cover. And so then he, um, he kills all the male children who are in Bethlehem and the surrounding region from two years old and under based on the time, which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. And, uh, so then of course, Joseph is warned. And so they flee to Egypt. Mm -hmm. So they escape the massacre (laughs) 
And then they are told um, again by an angel or a dream again, another dream. There's a lot of dreams. Joseph got a lot of dreams. Um, So then they get another dream that says, okay, it's safe to go back. And then they go to uh, Nazareth to fulfill the prophecy that uh, the Messiah will be called a Nazarene. And that's the end of chapter two. Yeah. A lot of drama in chapter two. That's just a, that's another, like, that's a pretty significant step. Like he was super threatened, which gives it another level of legitimacy that this great ruler is scared of a two-year-old child or 18-month-old child or whatever, to the point that he's going to kill thousands of little kids to make sure that, yeah. And the fact that that happened twice. I know. In Egypt and in Bethlehem. Yeah. With leaders coming up for the Jewish people. is just yeah so sad so sad yeah okay so we're all cut up uh we have matthew chapter one and two luke chapter one and two and the very beginning parts of john kind of all all covered here and so now we have the uh the beginning of jesus life the birth and everything like that and then coming up it's going to be jumping into john the baptist ministry and jesus baptism and then eventually getting into his actual ministry uh as an adult too so i think that i've learned some things i would say i have too this is this is fascinating i've never Mm -hmm. done this before and um i'm absolutely loving learning all of these things i think it's interesting yeah i'm glad we're doing this too so we hope you are as well thanks for joining us Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our mission on this podcast is to probe topics within the Christian faith to ensure that what we believe is in alignment with scripture and that we understand why we believe what we do. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to leave a five-star review and share it with a friend. Did this topic challenge your belief? Did we give you a new perspective? Or did it solidify what you already knew to be true? Leave us a comment and tell us your thoughts. We can't wait to hear from you.